Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I'm certainly glad he didn't walk away. Amen. You know, the Bible does allude to the fact that he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called uh, a, a massive amount of angels. Oh, by the way, your children, you're dismissed for your class. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being a part of our services. But uh, he could have walked away. He could have had ten, uh, thousands of angels. I think one angel could have done the job. But, you know, I mean, I'm just, I just don't know. I mean, it's pretty powerful. But uh, Jesus carried on with what needed to happen. I was, watch, I was listening to a message a little bit back ago, and I, I was listening to uh, someone preach, and he said that, the stars were pronouncing when their Messiah was born. The stars, it was written in the stars and how God orchestrated. Think, think about the fact that the stars and how they're moving. And they say that they can move stars back and they can know what you were looking at, uh, at at a certain date in your life. They could go back and they pretty much can go back, formulate back the uh, the rotation of all the planets, all the stars, things like that. And they could figure out somewhat of what you were looking at. Uh, but imagine the fact that the, in the stars that God created them in a, in, in a way to where he knew that his son would be born and that he would orchestrate that and it would be written in the stars that the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact that the Magi, those wise men, were following the stars and they had the wisdom to do that. It's, it's just a, a phenomenal thing when you think about that. And that they, they trusted God and they got, had to look to the book of Daniel to get insight of when the Lord Jesus Christ would be born. So prophecies prophecy being fulfilled. We see that all the, it's neat finding out the things, that, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to find a lot of things that happen in the background, in the back room of God's, you know, how, what God was doing in the background all the time. Things, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We know things by faith, but we only know so much. And sometimes, and when we get to heaven, I believe a lot of things will just, wow, really, well, look at that. Uh, things will be exposed to, for what they were, and, and uh, things will, are, are going to be where they need to be. And the Lord Jesus Christ, there he is, he's on the throne. And, uh, and our God, and uh, we're going to be serving with him for eternity. Hopefully you know Christ is your Savior. If you don't know, I'd like to encourage you to trust Christ as your Savior today. Uh, the Bible talks about how today is the day of salvation. Today we're going to be looking to uh, Jude, the book of Jude. If you will look, uh, go there, Jude, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot more than meets the eye that isn't Jude. Uh, it's a powerful little book, and it's only got one chapter of sorts, but uh, 25 verses or so, and, uh, but Jude... And uh, <clears throat> we're going to go to go to. We're going to talk about faith. Faith is important today. Uh, you know, um, we need to have faith today as Christians. We all have faith. People have faith in a lot of different things. You can have faith in a chair. I can go up to a chair and I have faith it's going to hold me up. Now it doesn't mean it's going to hold me up. I've sat in a chair before, and it fell. I don't know about you if you've ever sat in a chair. You just assume that it would hold you. It wasn't that you're heavier or anything. It was just it wasn't ready for you. It was, it was kind of broken. The last person broke it or whatever. But uh, you get into a chair, and you think it's going to hold you, and it goes down. You know, I've had chairs break on me. It wasn't, I, I, there wasn't a time, you know. Uh, but anyways, I, I've had chairs break on me. I had faith to believe that it would hold me up, but I was wrong. You know, and I think the fact that within God's Word, we have faith. And, and faith comes by hearing. God tells us how it is. And it's something we see spiritually, but we don't see physically. We see it through the word of God. We see the Lord Jesus Christ. It paints a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. And our sins were laid upon him. What a great thing that is. And what he did. And the fact that not, it didn't just stop there. Not only did he die on the cross and, 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 and our sins were laid upon him, but he, he said it was finished. The fact what he came here to do was finished. And then he was placed in a tomb. 
and then three days later, he rose again victorious. Death could not keep him. And so we see that death, burial, and resurrection is being the gospel. That is the gospel. If you wonder what the gospel is, that is the gospel. Will you put your faith in that gospel, the gospel, the Bible, the book of, uh, the, the Bible tells us uh, about this gospel, uh, the gospel. It tells us and it's an incredible story of God's love for man. We're seeing the fact that he came and died for us. What a wonderful thing that is. We see here we want to develop that faith, the faith that works in Jude in verse 20 and 21. If you'll stand with me, let's read the word of God. I'll read and you can silently read along with me. And uh, the Bible says here in verse 20 of Jude, right before uh, Revelation here is Jude. We see, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And what a great, gracious God we have. Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. I pray that you would take these moments we have in your word, that you would just bless them, and that you would just help us, Lord, to have a great uh, faith for you. And not only just uh, some faith, but it would be a growing faith. We thank you for the faith you've instilled in us, Lord and the Word of God that has allowed us to understand that we're sinners and that we needed to be saved and that there was, uh, there's, there's something that we needed to do with that fact that you died on the cross for our sins and you did all that is required for us to be saved and there's still something we, we must do. We just simply put our faith in you and, and trust you for that salvation. And then we become, we, we, we become a Christian. We thank you for the Word of God that allows us to understand that. We thank you, God, for uh, churches like ours and other churches across the country that simply gets the gospel out and tells it's a gospel for everybody. and so It's a salvation that is extended to everybody. We thank you, God, that you love everybody. And thank you, God, for your love for us. I pray that you bless our time together, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We think about how developing a faith that works. It's important today that we have a faith that works and it develops. When you know Christ is your Savior, you've received Christ as your Savior, it's important for us to grow and go somewhere with that. And uh, we uh, understand that uh, if you're in the Sunday school class that we were talking about the uh, nutrients and the fact of trees or plants are important that they have water. If you live out here in the desert, uh, you better have a good sprinkler system unless you have some one of those desert what do you call it, desert uh, landscaping. I know desert landscaping, they have rocks, beautiful-looking rocks that, you know, maybe they look like they grow, but they're not growing. They're just sitting in your yard. And they like, to ha- they like you to have those because they don't require any water. And maybe a cactus, they don't require much water. But there are some plants that we have here. We have some greens and things like that that they take water. And one or two days without water in the heat of the summer, uh, they're going to start turning a uh, different color pretty soon. They're going to start dying. And so without water, they start dying. We understand that as a Christian, we start dying if we go without the water of God's Word. If, you're, if you know Christ is your Savior, the water of God's Word, God's Word is essential for us. It's the essential thing that helps us. The Bible talks about how faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That is the essential part of our faith is that we get into the Word of God. That's why it's important for us as Christians that we understand that uh, the devil's going to do all he can to keep us from getting into the Bible, getting into the Word of God. He's going to do all he can from you seeing the glorious gospel for those that are in the world, uh, and, and he's going to do his best. That's why it's important for us to understand that when we go through the week that a Sunday's not enough. What, you, you can't pack a lunch off of what you've got on Sunday, and it's not going to last you the whole week. Uh, you need to take and open your Bible every day. You need to read God's Word and let it change you, and, and don't be changing it. 
Uh, we understand that it needs to change us. The only way it can change us is that we need to look at it. We need to read it. And we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We need to be guided by God. God can guide us. God desires for us to know more about Him. He wants us to walk with Him. And so we understand when we read God's Word, we're reading God's Word and we're, we're, we're absorbing it in and by God's Spirit. And we understand that when, we're, when, when it's time to talk to God, we're praying to Him. We're getting on our knees or we're praying and we're driving to work or whatever. And we're praying to Him. And so it's a two-way street there. We're telling them about stuff. We're telling about needs we have. Uh, and, and a great need we have is to uh, be in His Word. Help me, Lord, to grow. We sh- that should be on our, our, our prayer, is that we would grow. There was a story of an old man that was wandering in the desert looking for water. He approached an old shack, and on the porch he, uh, area, he found a water pump. Next to the water pump, by the way, you don't plug, this is the water pump you don't plug in. This is one of those, you know, uh, you know. Uh, but we see that there was a water pump on this, on this porch, and uh, the note on the jug said, use all the water to prime the pump. The man's instincts said to drink the water and not trust the pump. Nevertheless, he poured the water into the pump and began pumping, and finally an abundance of cool water came to the top. We think about faith and how it is something that we put faith into something we can't see. Amen. We just have to trust. And God wants us to trust Him. In the Bible, the word faith is used in two ways. A set of beliefs and our expression of confidence in the word of the, or the beliefs. And we need to have confidence in the Bible. The Bible is the well of spiritual water. But we must place our confidence in God's word if, we're, if our faith will truly work. We need to prime and pump, Amen. We need to allow the Word of God uh, to be a part of our lives on a, on a daily basis. I think the devil will do all he can to keep you from getting into the Bible. And the Bible talks about how um, the devil, he, um, he, he covers people's eyes from seeing the glorious gospel for what it is. The Bible t- says that. And people are blinded. They're blinded to the gospel. We see how even uh, the Jewish people were blinded from seeing the Messiah for who he was. They were blinded. What a tragedy. The book of Jude was written as a general epistle to the early church to warn them about the apostasy uh, that was coming into the early church. There were many false teachings about Christ already creeping into the church. So Jude exhorts them to earnestly contend for the faith. So let's look there in verse 3 of, of Jude. Verse 3, the Bible says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints." We see that we have something to fight for. We have something to contend for. We need to earnestly look after that. Uh, We think about how in this context, the faith is referred to a set of beliefs. Note, Jude admonishes them in verse 20, build their lives in this faith. We need to build our lives in this faith. (coughs) It starts with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ becomes the foundation of our faith. He is absolutely the foundation. He should be the only... Person, we're building that faith on. It's not Jesus and something else. It's Jesus, 100% Jesus, and nothing else. Well, we can't. The Bible talks about how important it is for us to understand that. Uh, you know, uh, we think about how uh, we think about how uh, Judy admonishes us to build their build our lives on this faith. So their confidence on their foundation was to be placed in the doctrine of God's word. 
Today we want to learn how to develop this faith in our hearts by building on the truth of the Bible. How does Christian life, how does a Christian develop a life of great faith? Number one, by the declaration of God's word, the declaration of God's word. You know, it's important for us to not just have a set of ideas, but we have the word of God that backs it up. Understand? We understand that the Bible, we do things according to the Bible. Our, our, the Bible is our guide. The Bible is a map. The Bible is what we go by. And we understand that we understand more as we learn more about the Word of God. We understand that uh, it guides us. It directs us. The Holy Spirit is, uses it. to. It's a powerful book. And it's a powerful tool, not just a tool, but it, a part of our life. It needs to be a, part, uh, be a powerful part of our life. So the Word of God produces faith. And we see that, I've quoted that verse, 10, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And we're very familiar with that verse. If you're a Christian very long, you'll know that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so it's important for us to surround ourselves with the Word of God. If you, it's not uncommon for us as Christians to put a three by five card or we'll have the word of God around our house in different spots of those verses we need to focus on. Maybe in your car, you're driving to work and you're listening to a, the Bible uh, 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 being played to you. Or maybe you're opening your Bible as you're at home. The word of God ought to be surrounding us. We ought to be bathing in it. We ought to be, it ought to surround us. We ought to get to know it. it we ought to apply it. It's not enough to have it as wallpaper, amen? We need to apply it. I wouldn't put wallpaper, uh, the Word of God as wallpaper on you, but what I'm saying is you need to apply the Word of God, the very words of God, the, what God wants you to do. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.23, says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So we understand that we are born again according to what God says, according to what He says we do to get saved. What a great thing that is. We see the importance in our lives to live it, to have it in our lives. It's so important. If you have a family, that family needs to know how important the Word of God is, how important prayer is, how important it is, uh, the things that we do according to the Word of God. And we see that salvation is an important aspect of, uh, uh, in our lives. And so we see that by the declaration of God's word, we can have a greater development of that faith, but also the word of God propagates faith. We see that there are 32,000 promises in the Bible. That's a lot of promises in God's word. And those promises continue on. We see the promises that were made to Abraham. What a great man of God he was. He, was, he had faith. He had faith to believe God. He just trusted God. He was obedient to God. Just as Abraham was obedient to God, we too could be obedient to God. Hey, Abraham is nothing. He, I'm sure if Abraham was here talking with you right now, he'd say, hey, I, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm serious. He, he'd probably tell you that. God is a God that is a God to everyone. And he desires to know, know us. And loves us. He, he loved us so much. The Bible says, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him. Uh, how's that verse go? All right. I, I was just seeing if you knew it. No, I just, those words failed me. That's a verse I know very well. But we understand that God sent his Son. He sent his Son. And we see that verse in Romans 4.20 says, talks about Abraham. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He could have said, well, yeah, I have some faith here. No, he gave glory to God. 
And so that's what Abraham did. And so he staggered not. And, and as Abraham staggers not, we should not stagger either. We shouldn't be of two opinions. We should be standing on God's word firmly. If you if you got one foot in the world, one foot on him, uh, you're not doing very well. The Bible talks about how we need to get in and into the God's house. The Bible, uh, you know, sound preaching leads to strong faith, by the way. It's not, you're not going to get too much. Pre- uh, it's not a bad thing to get some good preaching and get a lot of it. It's a good thing. We see that uh, our hope of salvation or spiritual growth cannot stand in wisdom of men. It must stand in the power of God. It's, it's what God brings about. It's not what man brings about. Uh, everything man brings about seems to falter and, and break apart. Well, you live in a world that is temporary, by the way. You look around, things don't last. You buy a brand new car. Wow, this is a beautiful car. It smells good. Look at the chrome. Look at all this other stuff. And if you take a picture of that same car, that person has the same car, uh, five years later, it, it's all falling apart, especially if it lives in the desert, you know, <laughs> and it's not garaged. Uh, it falls apart a little faster. Things are temporal. We think about the fact that God has extended something that is not temporal. It is eternal. And God uh, wants to know that he wants us to know that he wants us to be a part of that. In salvation, if we're saved, we know that we're going to a place called heaven. And things aren't falling apart. I'm telling you what, the government in this world is falling apart. The wheels are coming off. This world has never been perfect, by the way. This world, we've always, it's been like a roller coaster. We're going up, we're going up, depending on who's in off and who's not in off and whatever. Everything's going sideways. We don't have food. We do have food. We, uh, nations are falling. Wars are happening. We live in a very imperfect world. But God is a perfect God. And God wants us, he wants us to know that he's still in control. And there's coming a day when uh, he's coming for us as a church. And are we ready for him? Are we ready with him? Or do you know Christ is your savior? We think about we must hear the word of God. It's so important that we hear the word of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power and of power. In verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 2, it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that's, you know, we understand that Paul, he says, you know, it wasn't enticing words. Paul, if anybody could come up with enticing words, it was Paul. Paul was very educated. Paul was the, one of the more educated men in, 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 the, in his arena. Oh, he could argue. He would just be out there uh, uh, debating people all the time. He, he had it. He had all the big words. He had all the lingo. He had all the culture. He knew all the stuff. And what would he count it like? He'd count it like a big pile of dung. He'd say, all that I know, everything that got me somewhere, that's nothing. What I have in Christ is so much more. It is, it is beyond m- what more. And so when we trust Christ as our Savior, we know him, and we walk with him, we understand that we can have that same spirit, and that spirit is demonstrating in our lives his power in us and his abilities in us and his will for us. God has a will for our lives. So we need to get under sound preaching of God's word. It's not enticing words. It's the power of God. We think about our, uh, our hope of salvation or spiritual growth cannot stand in the wisdom of men. It must stand in the power of God. We must read the word of God. As I talked about it a little bit earlier there, we must read the word of God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
Some of us might say, well, that's good for that youngster right there. But, you know, no, it's good for all of us. Amen. Because we all need to rightly divide the word of God. And if we don't know the word of God, we can't rightly divide the word of God. If we don't have the spirit of God, we're not going to be able to rightly divide the word of God. Amen. But we need the spirit of God. You have the spirit of God if you're saved. So we see the declaration of God's word by the declaration of God's word, but also by the appropriation of God's word, appropriating it. Note, it was one thing to hear the Word of God. It's another thing to apply it. You know, the do- if the doctor sends you home with something like some asthma or Tylenol or whatever, something uh, antibiotic, and they give you something, if you don't take it, what good is it for you? It's no good at all. You- you're going, well, man, you might start complaining. like, oh, I got a headache or I still have this infection. Well, did you take any of those antibiotics? Uh, no. Well, you should start taking them according to the instructions. We understand that when we do things God's way, according to what God wants us to do, guess what? You get the results. And there are godly results. There are heavenly results. There are wonderful results. So we must apply it. We must apply and tr- we must trust God. The, ma- uh, the man at the well, uh, we think about how he had to trust that little note that was there that was telling him, hey, don't drink the water. Put it in the pump. And so... The, we see that we understand we must trust God through prayer, through giving, through witnessing, through living for Him. We must trust our God. That verse that I love so much, Proverbs 3, 5. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And it's kind of interesting how the Word of God lays out. He kind of knows what we're going to do already. You see how the Word of God says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and by the way, lean not unto thine own understanding. Like he knows you're going to lean on, you're going to lean under your own understanding already, okay? So wait a minute, I could do, no, lean not under your understanding. So you pull it back. Yeah, you're right. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on, I'm not, you know what, I think I know better, but I don't know better. Oh, I heard something on the news and it said, you know, it was philosophy is what it was. And I think I'm going to try that. Well, wait, the word of God says to do it this way. Well, then do it God's way, amen? amen. It always comes back to doing it God's way. God is always right. First uh, John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Yes. Your faith has the ability to overcome the world. It is powerful. Yes. Here's a quote. Feed your faith and your doubts will starve to death. Amen. Feed your doubt and your... If you feed your faith, excuse me. Feed your faith and your doubts will starve to death. We think about the importance of things about trusting the Lord. One night, a house caught on fire and a little boy stranded at the second level. All the boy could see was smoke and flames. However, he could hear his father's voice. The boy said, Daddy, I, can, I can't see you. The dad said, but I can see you, and, that, and that's all that matters. We think about how we must trust God. We don't have the big picture, do we? We don't see that what's going on. There's a lot of distractions going on. We also we, we need not only to trust God, but we also we must obey God. It's not enough to look at the prescription and say, well, that's nice. Do something with it. Do something with it. We must obey God. No, a person's faith is not judged by what he says about it, but by what he does about it. James 2.17 says this. James 2.17 says, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Verse 18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And so we understand that uh, we're, not saved, we're not saved by works. We know that. But if you're saved, you know Christ is your Savior, there ought to be some fruit going on in your life. 
You've got to be going somewhere with that. There's a result to that. And we, we're, not going to, we're not getting to heaven because we're working our way to heaven. We get to work and we get to serve our Lord Jesus Christ because we love him. And we don't have to worry about our salvation. Well, I wonder if I'm good enough. It's not about you being good enough. It's about him being good enough. He died for you. He did all that's required for us to be saved. And so we, we must obey him. And so it's so important. The Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience is not, is not faith at all. We understand that it's not God's way. Note the uh, true living faith, which is instilled by the Holy Spirit, cannot be idle. It can't be idle. It's got to be doing something. It needs to be doing something. It doesn't feel right unless it's doing something. When faith is not exercised, it is not often a moral aversion of the human will and pride and independence. We understand that faith needs to be exercised. It's a muscle. And if you don't exercise that muscle, you know these guys that are bodybuilders and stuff like that, they work out, you know, human down, believe me later, you know, they're, they're working out. Guess what? If they stop working out, what happens? There's that muscle that used to go up like that goes down like that, you know. <laughs> Not pretty. Uh, and things can, you know, and things go the wrong way uh, real quick because they have this muscle and it turns into fat. And uh, it's a tragedy. But we need to work that faith. We need to be working that faith. And it's so important that we work that faith and, and allow the God to have his perfect will in our lives. But we, we see also that faith is not a pill you take, but a muscle you use. We see here as a quote, when God has a big job to do, he's always, it is always faith that gets the contract. It is always faith that gets the contract. When God has something to do, for some, something to happen, it's faith that gets the contract. We see that by the declaration of God's word, we can uh, grow by faith by the appropriation of God's word. You need to appropriate it, but also the separation unto God and away from sin. We live in a world, I'm telling you what, it's, it's a rough world, isn't it? It's dark and tainted with sin. It's got problems everywhere to look. We understand as a Christian, we need to keep away from sin. We need, there needs to be some separation. By the way, we need to love our neighbor. We need to love people that are out there, but we need to hate sin. You know, God hates sin. He loves people, but he hates the sin. Yeah. No, just our, as our faith begins to work, Satan will try to hinder our walk. How can you, how can you sustain momentum? How can, you, how can you keep going for the Lord? You need to keep going for the Lord. You need to understand that God de de desires for us to keep walking for Him, keep serving Him, keep going on, keep moving, all right? It's so important for us to keep growing. We need, need to understand that uh, we see that uh, we need to be separated from sin. We see that declare your faith in verse 21. Let's look at verse 21. It says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And it's important that we keep ourselves. We keep ourselves pure. We keep ourselves away from this world. And we're, we're concerned about what's going on around us, uh, but we understand that we have a life to keep pure. We, uh, we understand that we know we must unashamedly walk with Him. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You know, it's an amazing thing how God desires for us to have an abundant life, a life that is abounding, a life that is exciting. The Christian life is and is an exciting thing, do you not know? We as Christians, we need to be excited about stuff. If you've lost that, that joy of salvation, you need to get it back. If you've lost the joy of reaching someone with a glorious gospel, you need to get it back. 
you, if you've lost that, that, the, the excitement of getting in God's Word, and, and we've gone through revelations with pastors, we've started looking at what Revelation is saying about the future, and you know those things are coming about according to God's Word, by the way. And as the prophecy of old has been fulfilled one thing after the other, according to the Word of God, we'll stand back when we stand back and see what's going on now. We go deja vu according to what we see in the Word of God. We see it's not, it's not, a, it's not a like... It's, it's, by the way, it's coming soon, isn't it? It's unfolding fast. And we see that we're up to the brink, to the back door, to where the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back. And he's coming back for his church. And my question for you is, are you ready? Do you know Christ is your Savior? Are you ready? Do you know for sure that Jesus is your Savior? He is the Savior. The world isn't going to save you. The devil isn't going to save you. This, the government isn't going to save you. Uh, your parents, as, as, this, this preacher isn't going to be able to save you. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can save you. And so are you ready? Amen. Things are changing fast. And this world is groaning. This, this world is groaning. There's uh, earthquakes happening on a higher scale than ever before. There's uh, catastrophes are increasing by uh, unusual amounts. They say, I, I heard the amount of uh, activities. Every 10 years, there's a certain amount of activities that they track about big things that happen like hurricanes or damaging earthquakes or different things like that. Those are increasing hugely. Every 10 years, you can see a huge amount, bigger amount the next 10 years, the next year. And it, it's increasing. And the earth is yearning. And, and it's yearning and growing. And it knows the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. Amen, right. It's getting to, it's called birth pains. Yeah. yeah. And we see that, that the, it, it's not going to be long before the tribulation is going to be here, and we're not going to be here. Amen. All that we've done, all, we, all that we've done by faith, uh, all that we've done by faith will, be, when we get to heaven, will be a visual. It'll be like, for, we won't need faith in heaven. It'll be right before us. The throne of God, the very uh, face of God, the angels, and all the different things that God, the Bible talks about, it won't, be, it won't take faith to believe it. It's right there. It'll be so real. But we understand that it's so important for us to get there, amen? amen? For us to be there, for us to get to heaven. God loves us so much. God wants us all to be saved. It was God's desire for all people to be saved, amen. for God to love the world. The Bible talks about the world. That encompasses everybody. That encompasses everybody. God knows everybody, and he desires for us to be saved. So we understand that we need to walk with him, and we need to have that faith. It needs to be established by him. We also see that you declare your faith, but also we defend your faith. We must hear the word of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5 uh, says, and my, speech was, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of wisdom, but demonstration of the Spirit of God. And so we see that... You know, the Word of God has a powerful thing there. It's powerful within our lives when we let it. I don't, I'm not talking about just like reading the paper. Sometimes we can read the paper. Just, you do speed reading, whatever. Uh, it doesn't sink in. doesn't do anything for you. Uh, you need to slow down and smell the roses. Amen? When you get into God's Word, slow down and smell the roses. Look at the words. Look, let God speak to you. Don't be in a hurry. I know that some of us, we're, we're speed readers. We read through the Bible. Slow down a little bit. Let God speak to you through the word of God. Colossians 2.8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain uh, deceit and the traditions of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. 
So we need to move forward in the word of God. It can, it can allow us to grow. We see uh, Luke 22, verse 31. Luke 22, 31 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. We, you know what? Once you get saved, you have a responsibility to strengthen that person next to you that's a Christian and be an encouragement and fellowship and all that. You need to be, you're, it's, your, it's God's desire for us to do that. And, you know, it's, it's such a desire that Jesus prayed for Simon. We also need to pray for each other, by the way, because we see what God, the devil can do. By the way, you don't have to look too far where the devil is having a heyday with people, people stuck on drugs and alcohol and many different things, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Satan's having his heyday. We need to pray for each other. Uh, we're not invulnerable. We we're very vulnerable without Christ. And so we pray for each other. We also see that uh, in developing a life of faith, we must learn to avoid exposure to a wrong philosophy. You listen to enough of the wrong stuff, you might say, well, it won't affect me. Oh, it will. It will affect you. You hang around the wrong crowd, it'll affect you eventually. And so we, we, uh, God, uh, we understand that God gives us a roll of film, and he says, now give it to me. He wants to develop. He has a purpose for our life. And we don't, we don't develop film anymore, do we? <laughs> but he wants to develop our lives. He wants to develop our lives in such a way. Uh, and he has a, uh, he has a will for our lives. We also see that we need to guard against wrong influences. And there's, these are all over the place. The devil has put them out there. And he knows, he knows our buttons. He knows what affects us. He knows our weaknesses, by the way. The devil's very, by the way, the devil is very intelligent, very, very smart. But we understand that God wants to keep us from these things. He has the ability to keep us from these things. Hebrews 10, verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that, it, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, God desires for us to draw nigh unto him and for us to confess our sins. First John 1, 9, for if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he is, Jesus Christ, he is he is our priest. He is the one that we go to. He is the one we go to with sin. And we confess our sins. And guess what? He is able to forgive us of all of our sins. Everything. He's able to take care of everything because he took care of it on the cross. And what a gracious God we have. We have. We understand that we have to have a faith that works. Today, do you have a faith that works? Do you have a faith in God? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Uh, in verse 22 of our text, uh, Jude 22, it says, And of some having compassion, making a difference. And some having compassion, making a difference. To others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. But the Bible talks about how we need to hold fast. We need to have compassion, making a difference. We as a church, we, we need to have compassion. Not just some compassion. We need to have a lot of compassion. Uh, let me just tell you, I think the Lord Jesus Christ had a great compassion for you and for me, for us to be saved. I believe uh, God has gone great lengths for us to be saved. He took things very personally. 
you know, we give a little bit back. When we give an offering, we give some back. God commands us to give our 10%, and we give offerings to missions, things like that. And that could be a great thing for us to do that. But, you know, when Jesus went to the cross, he gave his all, Amen. everything. He, and God gave his son. And I think about the fact that he, he, he's got a lot into this thing. And God has provided all that, the gift of eternal life and heaven for us. What a great thing we have. But we need to have that faith that isn't wavering like Abraham, a faith that doesn't waver. That doesn't happen unless you walk with him. Abraham walked with God. We need to walk with him. Let me encourage you to build that faith, that faith that is in you on the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to build that faith and strengthen that faith. Spend time with him. You won't go wrong. We think about the fact that we need to keep away from sin. Sin's out there. I'm telling you, the pitfalls of sin and things like that, it's out there, and it's going to slow us down. It's, it's going to keep you from being what you need to be. The devil wants to slow you down. He doesn't want you all excited about the Lord and the things of God. If he can slow you down, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's what he wants to do. God says, you know, I have a plan for, for you. I have a will. Don't listen to the devil. Listen to me. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen to the culture. Listen to me. Trust in me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Trust the Lord and you won't go wrong. Build that faith. Encourage, be encouraged. Let's, with your heads bowed, eyes closed this morning.